I'd come to this church just for the worship. I wouldn't care if the word was good or not. I'd come just to worship. We got the best worship team in America, I think. Praise God. Uh, we're at the weird weekend where it's still Thanksgiving weekend, but it's also like the start of Christmas and Advent. And so you see the trees up, and uh, we're not pushing, you know, Christmas on you for those who like to wait until Thanksgiving weekend is over with until their trees get up. But I only have four Sundays before Christmas, and I want to preach the Advent, okay? So the Advent calendar, the Advent candles starts four weeks out, and the first one is hope. It's a critical message. The word Advent means arrival. And so we started the service off with the song Arrival because that's what Advent is. If you went to or grew up in a mainline denomination or a liturgical type uh, church service, you would know that every year this time is the Advent. And it's really the start of the church calendar. The church calendar goes from the first Sunday of Advent through the resurrection, through Easter. And because of COVID, the virus, all these weird things that are happening this year, we didn't really get a chance to, to spend Easter together. And I don't know if we'll be able to spend Christmas together. And we may not be able to spend next Easter together, but we can be together in spirit, right? And through the globalization of media and online presence and people that are able to come in-house, uh, we're able to spend time together with each other. Uh, that's what Jesus came for, the arrival, the advent, was to come so that he could create a way that we would have restored fellowship with the Savior, with the Maker, through, through the Savior. And so we're going to talk about the arrival over the next four weeks, the Advent. This week is hope. Next week is peace. The week after that is joy and then love. I would encourage you to watch to come, to listen to every week because there's a building block in our walk with Christ. Each week's just like a little bit more. And we all need hope in this time, right? We need, in fact, the enemy, I think, will try to steal your hope before he will your faith. And I'll get into that a little bit more. We're going to learn about two people today. We're touch base with a man named Simeon and a lady named Anna. Anna and Simeon were both older. They were not married. They both worked and visited the temple often. And, and in this fact, that they, they, the one thing that they held on to was the hope of a Savior. Israel had heard about this hope of a Savior for a couple thousand years, okay? And in walking through that hope of a Savior, at some point in time, finally comes to pass. That's kind of encouragement for us because living in a society of where we want things really quickly, you've heard like my drive-through uh, stories at the local fast food place that when it's not ready, I refuse to pull over. Although I've been better during the COVID because I understand that they're supposed to specialize in what they do now, but they don't anymore. So to have grace, I pull over and, uh, and wait for the food there. And Janie's really happy when I do that. But we want things now. We want it like right now, don't we? We're not willing to wait. And they say the attention span of someone 14 years and under is eight seconds because of uh, modern technology. And so we've got to be quick. Well, that's not God's attention span. God, I think he's okay with us waiting for things. He's okay with us having a little bit of patience. But 
because of that, he instills hope in us, okay? So just be mindful of that today. We'll talk about it, and then we'll, uh, we'll close with the worship song. So let's go to our text, which is Luke, the second chapter, verses 25 through 32, and then we'll jump over to 36, 37, and 38. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout. And by the way, those are two very good traits to have, righteous and devout. If, if, like, if they put that on your tombstone, that's a good thing, right? So he was righteous, he was devout, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, which by the way, consolation here in America, consolation means kind of second prize or third prize. Consolation here means savior, okay? So he's waiting for the savior of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came to the spirit, in the spirit, into the temple and when the parents brought the child Jesus to him, according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Jumping to verse 36, but staying in the same context where Anna now shows up on the scene. The Bible says, and there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin. And then as a widow until her, she was 84, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who are waiting for the redemption of Israel. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these two people, Simeon and Anna, who we don't talk of very much in the church. But we thank you, Lord, for what they showed us and how to hope and how to hope for things in our life that maybe seem destitute or gone. So we pray, Lord, that you would open us in our heart today a spirit of hope for the things that we have need of, the things that we're praying for, the things that we're believing for. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Praise God. Hope. It's so good to hope, and we understand that Simeon and Anna, who were up in age, in fact, a couple translations of the Bible said that Anna was 84 years past the time that her husband died. And so she's a very old woman, but just for um, literal sake, we'll, we'll say that she's 84, okay, which is what this translation says. And we know that Simeon is old, but, but both these people had the opportunity to hope for the thing that God promised Israel, and that was a savior. That was restored fellowship. And so they waited a long time, and unlike me, into the drive through window at the local fast food restaurant, I have a hard time waiting. I want my food. I want it now. They want my money now. Then give me my food now. I don't want to pay my money and then pull over and wait for my food. But that's not how God works. God works in this way that we have to sometimes just wait on him. In fact, Isaiah, the 40th chapter, says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and they'll not faint. And the song that we sing says, teach me, Lord, teach me, Lord, to wait. And so sometimes we have to wait on the Lord, and he's coming, he knows. But there's, there's a sequence of events here that takes place. And I wrote down on my notes something that maybe you want to write down on yours or in your, in your heart. Faith speaks what hope sees. 
faith speaks and hope sees it, okay? So we know that 11, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So we know that faith and hope are parallel. It's kind of like one plus one equals the other, the evidence of things not seen. And so as we start to see things in our spirit, as we start to speak things out, God, the Bible says, Paul writing in Romans, that even God, who quickens the dead, calls those things that aren't as though they are. We know that faith is substance. We know that faith has increment. But at the same time, we know that hope starts to see things in the distance. We see this in Genesis, the first chapter, where God spoke. And nine times in the King James Version of the Bible, the Bible says, and God said. And God said, and God said, and God said. And then six times the Bible says, and God created, and God made. And then three times it says, and God saw, and God saw that was good. My interpretation, and if you read that through how, how it would have been written in Hebrew, God actually saw it first, and then he spoke it out. So when we speak in faith, it's something that hope has already seen. I'll give you a little story. When our, we were in our 30s or so, and Janie and I were having babies and going to uh, on vacation, we would go every year since Andrew was born until we moved to uh, North Carolina, we would go out to Colorado. We would go out to Winter Park and we would go up into the ski resort area of the Rockies. And we would always do it in the summertime. The rates were always a lot uh, better for us. And so we would go up there and there's a restaurant we would eat at. We'd spend a week up in the mountains. We'd go into the national forest and just had a great time. Well, when we were young and we had the minivan and all those cool things with kids would be in the backseat of the minivan. And we, this is before electronics, okay? Like the kids didn't have iPhones and iPads and they didn't have uh, headphones. They had coloring books and crayons. Are you with me? Anybody remember those good old days, okay? So they'd be in the back of the van. Well, when you leave, when you drive across Nebraska, I, I like the drive across Nebraska, but it's very boring for some people because there's only cornfields, soybeans, and cattle. That's it. And every now and then, you'll see a few horses. Well, you leave Omaha, and you drive through Lincoln, and then you go to Grand Island, and then you go to Kearney, and then you end up in North Platte. And at North Platte, you're about halfway to where we would go in Winter Park. And I would, I would imagine that maybe Janie knew the kids were getting a little bit bored with, their, with our travel across Nebraska because she would look in the back seat and she would say, hey, guys, do you, do you see the mountains? Like, do, do you see the mountains? And I would quickly say, there's no mountains. You, can't, you cannot see the mountains of Colorado in Nebraska. It's impossible unless you're in a plane at about 30,000 feet. It's impossible. But she would see the clouds, and every now and then, even here, when you look up at the Blue Ridge Mountains and you see clouds over them, sometimes they look like white caps, right? They look like, wow, there's snow in those mountains, and it's just really uh, the, the clouds. And when you're on the plain states and there's nothing in front of you but miles and miles, but you see clouds, sometimes they look like, they look like mountains. Has anybody ever seen those? Like, ah, the, yeah, those kind of look like mountains up there. And some of our, our friends and truck drivers, and they'll, they'll see them. Yeah, they know what I'm talking about. Well, Janie would always look back. The kids might be getting bored. Do you see the mountains? And, and Jill and Jessica would be like, yeah, mom, I see the mountains. And Marcus would be, yes, there's mountains there. And Andrew would be too young. He'd be in his car seat or whatever. And, and I'd say, no, there's no mountains there. We can't see the mountains until we get to Denver. When we get to Denver, then we'll see the mountains. And then you'll see how beautiful they are. But you are not seeing mountains. You're seeing clouds. 
And I think sometimes what happens in our life is we allow doubt to creep in when we are speaking about life. See, Janie knew that we were going to see the mountains. Are you with me? That's what hope is. Hope maybe doesn't see it just yet, but hope knows I'm going to see that thing come through. I'm going to see that relationship work out. I'm going to see those finances come through. I'm going to see that person love God. I'm going to see those things right right now. I might just be seeing clouds that I'm calling mountains, but I'm calling them out in faith. And that's important because, listen, the enemy will attack your hope. He's okay. He's okay if you have a little bit of faith. You're saying the right thing. You're speaking it out. You're faking it until you're making it. But he knows he's crushed your hope. And what I was is I was a hope crusher at that time. No, there is no mountains out there. I was a literalist. And sometimes you can't look at things in the physical, natural. You have to look at things in the spiritual. And you have to start calling those things. And you have to start saying, wait, wait a second. I know it's going to work out. My mountain is right there. Caleb said, that's my mountain. I was promised that mountain 45 years ago. Anna and Simeon were waiting for this Christ their whole life. They knew what the prophets were saying. They knew what the rabbis were saying. They had read the scriptures. This is the Christ. This is the Son of God. This is our Redeemer. That is that mountain. Janie would say, no, 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 no. There's a mountain right there. As long as we keep driving forward, as long as we keep moving forward, as long as we keep going forward, we're going to run into that mountain. And I will say this, as long as you don't stop. As long as you don't quit, as long as you don't back out, as long as you keep moving forward, you're going to see that mountain. That mountain's going to be beautiful. Because when you hit Denver, Colorado, and you take 70 up to exit 234, old Highway 40, and you drive into Winter Park, you are in the mountains. And it's beautiful. And they're snow-capped even in the summertime in July. In fact, they shut the pass one day. We barely got out. On 4th of July, it starts snowing. The lifts were opening. They were starting to ski. It was beautiful. And when that hope, that thing that you hope for starts to come to pass, when that thing that you've rested on, when that thing you started to speak by faith, you started to see through hope, starts to come to pass, you'll understand the glory of the Lord. You'll understand, oh, this is what God's talking about. Oh, this is what faith is all about. And see, hope is the arrival. He's, the, he's our living hope. He's, he's taken place, and now we look at things backwards. It's like we've seen the movie. We've read the book. They were living it in real time. We have the opportunity to look back and say, yes. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's no respecter of person. What he did for Anna, what he did for Simeon, he'll do for Bato and Marvin. He'll do for Jenna and Nicole. He'll do for every person here and those watching online. He'll do for all those things. Why? Because he is our living hope. He is our living hope. Don't give up. Don't put the, the, the Christianity is the one sport in quotes, you can play where you never strike out as long as you keep swinging the bat, as long as you keep seeing the mountains, as long as you keep pulling them out. And the kids were like all excited. Yes, I can see them. I can see the mountains, Mom. I can see them. They're out there. And I don't know, they're just clouds. But Janie knew if we kept driving, we're going to run into mountains. If you keep reading the word, if you keep worshiping, if you keep praying, if you keep seeking God, if you keep believing, if you keep having faith, if you keep trusting, if you keep just offering yourself as a living sacrifice to God, every day you will see hope restored. There's four types of hope we're going to talk about today. And, and the first one is there's a hope for help. 
Aren't you glad that there's someone there? There's a spiritual 911 you can dial. It's like, man, there, there's someone on my side. There's someone for me. We, we, when uh, Simeon was talking, he said there's a hope for the, there's a consolation for Israel. There's a, there's a Savior. There's, there's hope here. There's a, there's a time of help. And the, the scripture says in Hebrews 4 and 6, let us then with confidence, King James says boldly, but boldly kind of sounds a little arrogant if you're not careful. So I like this translation, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace, what, to help in time of need. There is an advocate between you and the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, John says, and when you walk to God and you go to God, you go through Jesus and he's at the right hand of the Father. He's sitting there, and he says, hey, that person or that person or that person, Father, they need my help. Would you send the Holy Spirit? Would you send angelic warfare? Would you send people that help? You have a time of help. It's better than AAA, and it's better than 911. You have the creator of the universe on your side. And he loves you, and he cares. And there's hope in time of need. And he says here that we can go through this, the grace which is unmerited favor, but it's also empowerment. He gives us what we need when we need it. And if you have a need and you need help today, it's good to call a prayer partner. It's good to call someone that you confide in. It's obviously good to go to the word of God, word of the Lord, but you can go straight to the throne room of grace. You can go to Jesus Christ himself who takes your prayer needs. Revelation says that our prayers are held up in a vial, Revelation 5, and they're poured out at the master's feet. So that he can, what, send angels to go ahead and, and have those needs met. See, we have need. We need help. When I was younger and, and used to lift weights on a heavier nature, we would have, we would have spotters. So if you, if you weren't sure you could lift the weight or not, it's always good to have a spotter. It's, it's a safety technique. And so we would get spotters and we would try weights much heavier than we could lift. And eventually we could lift those weights. You need to look at the Holy Spirit as being a spotter in your life. He's there for when you need help. And trust me, church, we're going to need help along the way. There's an enemy out there that does not want you to succeed. There's an enemy out there that does not want you to uh, move forward in Christ. There's an enemy out there that does not want you to be spiritual. There's an enemy out there that does not want your marriage to work, your finances to work, your relationship to work. They want you to grow spiritually. There's an enemy out there, and he's real, but your God is more real. Your God is more stronger. Your God is more better. Your God is more able. That you have a God who's on your side. Number two, then there's hope to overcome. Another thing Simeon said is, Lord, you are letting your servant depart in peace. In other words, Paul said, my time is at hand. I'm getting ready to offer up. The greatest part of overcoming in this whole life is the fact that we're going to be able to spend the rest of eternity with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's all, we're all going to die. It's appointed unto man wants to die. Sorry if that's bad news for you today. But the good news is this, we're going to live on the other side. We're going to live as more than conquerors. We're going to live as overcomers. We're joint heirs with Christ Jesus. When the scripture says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, this is a spiritual thing we're talking about. So some of us feel like we don't have faith if we're not healed. Some of us feel like if we got a thorn in the side, if we, if we got a disease we can't get over, if we got the COVID, if we got these different things. No, the idea is I'm going to get through this with the help of Jesus Christ. 
The scripture here is 1 John 5 and 4. For everyone, that's you, that's me, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Listen, that's past tense. When you became a Christ follower, you overcame the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What? Even our faith. Now think about it. When God said in Genesis, and God said, he spoke. Why did he speak? He spoke this world into existence. When, when Jesus showed up in John 1, and the word became. What did it become? It became flesh. It became tangible. And it dwelt among us. It moved into our neighborhood, Eugene Peterson said. So then we have this victory that overcomes the world. It's our faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. That's why I say faith speaks and hope sees. Because now when I start to speak things out, it becomes a re realization that I can start to visualize that victory. Janie was visualizing those mountains in North Platte, Nebraska, which may have been impossible to see, but she knew that we were going to see them. When you start to visualize your victory, you know that maybe it doesn't look like it right now. And maybe there's some buzzkills in your life that were like me. No, that's not real. That's not going to happen. You just need to do this and that and that. And all of a sudden, you step in and say, no way. Hope says, hope says I can, hope says I will, hope gives me that, it's like your, your favorite team, my favorite team, you know who they are, I won't mention them by name just yet until they start winning again. Their team they played the other day on Friday missed a field goal with two minutes left. They were only down by six. We got the ball, and it was like our whole living room was like, yeah, we're going to win this thing. Hope has risen. And, you know, 28 seconds later when the quarterback threw an interception and the game was over, our hope died. But then we said, wait until next week. And next week if they lose, we'll say, wait until next year. And if they fire that coach, we'll say, wait till the next coach. I mean, it's, it's, it's this hope is not eternal optimism. Optimism is good, but this is hope that says, wait a second, my hope is in the creator. Do you want your kids to do good? Father God wants you to do good. Father God wants things to work out in your life. Father God loves you more than you could ever imagine. He, he caused you to overcome. But yes, there may be some difficulty along the way. There may be some suffering along the way. What doesn't break you surely will make you. That's not cliche. That's biblical. When I do things in my life that, okay, I don't fully understand. Like I thought I was being a realist, telling Janie, no, you're wrong. Those mountains aren't, you can't see the mountains. She was being spiritual saying, kids, you can see the mountains. Can you see the mountains? Because you're going to see those mountains. I promise you, we'll be in those mountains. Church, listen to me when I tell you, it will work out if you let it. It will work out if you speak it. It will work out if you pray it. It will work out if you start to do those things. And the next one, number three, is hope for power. I love the power from the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, and we read it earlier, Anna was in the temple worshiping, praying, and fasting. You want power from God? Get in the temple, worship, pray, and fast. You need something from God, get in the temple, worship, pray, and fast. You want to be a powerful Christ follower, get in the temple, worship, pray, and fast. Get in God's presence, that's the temple. Get in God's presence, worship him. No matter how things are, I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to get in God's face, and God's going to get in my face. I'm going to get in God's space. God's going to get in my space. I'm going to get into the presence of God. I need an answer from God. I need a miracle from God. What do I do? I don't beg him. I worship him. Why? Because he's going to work it out while yet my hope is in him. And then if I have to, I'm going to pray and fast. 
Some of the, listen, some of those demonic spirits, they don't go away without, except for prayer and fasting. So that, that, that demon is a spirit. That demon wants to attack you. That demon wants to get after you. That demon is not happy that you're serving God. He, don't, he, he, does, he wants to take you out. So what do we do? We pray and fast. And then we know that our God is bigger than anything else. He's bigger than all our troubles. He's bigger than anything that we have need of. He's bigger than anything that, that the devil wants to throw at us. But yet some things might stick a little bit. You might have a cold. You might have a cough. You might even have the virus. But God will see you through. There's power there. Here our scripture here is found in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace, my unmerited favor, my empowerment is sufficient for you. What for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that what the power of Christ may rest upon me. When we see, we talk about God's power, we talk about our weakness. We talk about God's strength. We talk about our need. We talk about the Holy Spirit. But the thing that's the catalyst behind that is the fact that our faith will speak what our hope will see. I see it working out. I see it in my spirit, man. Caleb saw that mountain physically, but he also also saw it spiritually. God told me 45 years ago there was a mountain there and I could have that mountain so I'm going to take that mountain because why? I'm as strong as I was when I was 40 at the age of 85. Now that's hope. Now then hope becomes real. It's, it's crazy on how uh, just sometimes things can mess you up. And, and, and uh, in all forms of life. It, it could be in in whatever ministry you have, whatever family you have, whatever workplace you have. And it seems like the last two or three, four weeks, we've gotten just emails or texts or some different things. And then why do you do this? And that makes me mad. And, this. and it's just like almost like a, a spiritual attack. And it's just it's like, wow, really? <laughs> just, okay. And so Janie and I have made promises that we never get mad on the same day. Because if we get mad on the same day, you're looking for new pastors. Are you, does it make sense? So, like, if she, like, oh, man, can you believe that? Said, All right, we got to, we got to, and if I, like, oh, I can't believe that, she'd be like, no, come on, that's not why we do this. Well, the other day we were mad on the same day, and then we went to the store and saw a guy that we've been praying for for over a year and uh, felt like we had some, some uh, mentorship there, discipleship, and he came up and just gave us the biggest non-COVID bear hug you could imagine. And uh, it was just beautiful. And I just in my, uh, we have a room in our house that has a piano in it. And, and uh, we had did some ministry to him in that room. And, and it was just, I, I was actually just praying for him just the other day in that, in that very spot. And, and it's just like the Lord just continues to show you things. And I'm a five-month clean pastor, and I'm in rehab, and blah, blah, blah. And it, was just, it was just so beautiful. We walked to the car, and I don't think our, our feet really touched the ground. It was, just, it was just an amazing, it was just like, I don't know what you say earlier, it was a hug of hope or something. It was a heavenly hug. Yeah, it was just like a heavenly hug that God gave us saying, wait a second. Because look at, look at Paul. Paul three times was beaten within a stripe of his life. He was left in the deep. He was betrayed by both his enemy 
and his friends, and he had the weight of the church on him, yet he's telling us, hey, there's power, there's strength, that when I'm weak, there's the power of God in you. If you feel like today you can't make it through, I'm going to say, wait a second, just stop for a moment. Know that God will allow you to make it through. Know that God will allow you to be an overcomer. Know that God is there in time of need, and know that God will give you the power by the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to walk through this thing with him, okay? This is what Anna, and this is what Simeon are realizing. Wait a second. Here, this is God. This is God, this little baby. This is what we've been expecting, and that's why they call pregnant mothers expecting. There is trouble. There is trial. There is there is suffering. There is a, there is hurt when that baby's being delivered. There is There are things there that the body goes through, and maybe you're going through some of those things now to make your life better, to make your relationship better, to make your finances finances better. Maybe we're learning not to be so uh, fat on non-spiritual things, but to get heavy and in shape on good Christian, Christ-like, spiritual, biblical things that say, okay, God, my faith, my hope, my trust, my belief, my confidence is in you. And I have hope. I have hope for tomorrow. I have hope for today. Fourth and last but not least is the hope for eternity. Anna says this, that she was waiting for the redemption of Israel. And while we're redeemed in Christ, our hope then maybe is for seeing all of heaven. Our hope is maybe for seeing things that we haven't, we haven't seen yet. Our hope is maybe for seeing a loved one come to a closer walk with Jesus or uh, hope a loved one that, that's been away from God maybe coming back into the fold. Our hope is that maybe we see the, a church that can help feed two or three or 4,000 meals on a given Thanksgiving week. And yet, by the way, we do 2,000 meals a week every week. And so what we're doing is, is, is having, hopefully giving hope to people who maybe just have a, they need a shot in the arm. Maybe they don't see Christ, but they see Christ in a meal. They see Christ in a hug. They see Christ in, in a relationship. Scripture says in Romans 15 and 13, we'll camp there just for a moment. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. By the way, those are three of the, the candles there is hope, peace, and joy. And then love is the last one because that's what Jesus is. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. What does that mean, abound in hope? It's like you have a powerful authority in hope. Come on back, worship team. You have this opportunity to serve God. You have this opportunity to abound in the very thing that we have the most need of. It's that speaking in the van ride, you know, 25 years ago to Colorado, I see the mountains. Kids, do you see the mountains? Janie was abounding in hope. And the kids started to, started to believe her. Yes, I, I see the hope. I, I, I see the mountains. I, I believe the mountains. You have a mountain in your life, and the mountain's not a bad thing. The mountain is a good thing. The mountain's not sin. The mountain is the joy of the Lord. The mountain is the life of Christ. The mountain is, is the things that God has given you. And now I have this hope. And Paul's prayer is, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and fill you with all peace in believing. Why? So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Stand with me this morning right where you're at. And just kind of bow your head. And I'm not going to ask for anything weird. I'm just going to ask you to challenge yourself. Is there an area in your life where maybe you just need to be instilled with more hope? 
That's a good thing. That's okay. There's times in my life where I felt like I've lost hope. Maybe it was a financial situation or maybe a relationship situation or maybe a, just a spiritual thing. But I'll tell you this, don't ever lose hope in God. And maybe even question God. Hey, God, is this working out? Why don't this work out? What's happening? But don't lose that hope. It's the arrow of the enemy. It's the trick of the enemy. If he can take away your hope, he minimizes your faith. But if you can say, wait a second, I'm hopeful this thing is going to work out. Joshua and Caleb wandered 40 years in a desert place knowing that they could have the promised land, but they never lost hope. They never, ever forgave hope. They never, they never gave up on hope. But when you walk through that land that God has given you, you walk in that marriage, you walk in that finances, you walk in that peace, you walk in that love, and you say, listen, my hope is going to rest in the Lord. I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. If you're comfortable doing so, just raise your hands. If you're not, that's okay. It's not a big deal. I just want you to be honest with yourself for a second. Are there things you're hoping for that haven't come to pass yet? I'm going to pray in a minute. Don't give up. Just don't give up. If you're saying, I don't have a lot of hope, Pastor, then all right, start speaking those things out by faith and watch how you start to see things in hope. Just call, start calling them out. My, this is going to work out. My, this is going to happen. My, this is what it, fill in the blank. Whatever your blank is, whatever that situation is, whatever you're hoping for, I believe it's going to take place. I believe it's going to come to pass. I believe it's going to work out. You start to call it out. It's just as easy to start to speak things into life as it is into death. And Proverbs says the power of death and life are in the tongue. You're going to speak it out. The rest of that verse says, and you will eat the fruit thereof. What's that mean? If I start to speak death into a situation, death is going to come to that situation. If I start to speak life into a situation, life will come in that situation. But now Paul's saying, I'm going to get you some. I'm going to help you abound in hope. If I can get you to abound in hope, if I can make that situation hopeful, if I can make that situation powerful, if I can make that situation alive in you, that faith starts to increase. And yes, as long as you keep moving forward, you'll see that mountains. You'll see the, that hope spring forth. You'll see that, that thing take place. So Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus. We pray for those who are battling the coronavirus. We pray for those who are battling, uh, Father Lord, finances. We pray for those who are battling relationships. We pray for those who are battling uh, peace in their life, in their home. We pray for those who are battling even hopeful situations or situations that they think are not hopeful anymore. We speak to those situations and we pray right now for healing, for miracle, for restoration, for redemption. We speak right now, Father, to those situations. And Lord, we ask that you release hope, like Paul said, and let people abound in hope in the name of Jesus. Let them abound in hope, Father Lord, that they can stand up and they can say, I can't see that mountain yet. By faith, I know it's there. By faith, I'm going to move forward. By faith, I know it's a done deal. And one day I will too see the hope and the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. We declare those things, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship one more song. God bless you.
good word. I, I said in, I think it was the second service, sometimes it takes me a couple times to hear things. I have to get it in. I listen, but I don't really fully listen. So maybe you want to go back and listen again for your second time. Sometimes that really helps me. But I really, at the second service, I said, I really felt that was for somebody. It was for me. Because like, like Pastor said, going through ministry can be in your jobs too, everybody's job, but some jobs can be very thankless and you say to yourself, why in the world am I doing this? You know, because you just do something and somebody don't like it and you, yeah, it's just rough, it's tough. And then that hope comes, like as I said, that heavenly hug when we left the, the store, we was just tearing and crying and just saying, okay, there is hope. There is hope, and, and this person that we love, we've seen him go through this restoration, and it's never over till God says it's over. And in every situation and everything all of us go through, we just have to learn to say, you know what, I'm going to hang it on. I'm holding on to hope. I'm going to hold on. No matter what people around me say, no matter if they can see the mountain or not, the mountain is there and you can take it because it's right in front of you because your faith sees it, like Pastor said. And so maybe that's a word for you today as it was for me just to say, oh, there is hope. There is hope in this situation that may look hopeless, but it is not hopeless. If we can learn to say, God, my hope and my trust and my faith and my confidence, it is in you. And you got this. And you're going to work this thing out. I don't know how. It is going to take a total miracle. But my hope is in you. So I just love that word. So I'd encourage you, go back and check it out again if you didn't fully get it. And you say, I just don't have a lot of hope. Just watch it again watch it again and it's the word of God the word of God is our hope he is the hope he is the light so I would just encourage you to just go hear it again but receive it so as we leave here today let's just pray and say God I receive that okay can we do that that's that's how we that's how we receive we just have to say I receive it and then receive it into our heart like pastor talked last week about our head wants to speak to doubt and defeat but don't let that be in our heart. Let our heart say, no, I'm guarding my heart. So the word says to guard our heart. So let's put a guard on our heart and say, when hope comes, we're going to receive it. Amen. Father, I just thank you so much for your word. I thank you for that word today. I thank you that there is a hope in every situation that looks hopeless. It is not because you are the hope. You are the hope of the world. So, Father, I pray over every situation that may seem hard or seem broken or seem like you've just lost hope. Lord, I thank you even for that that hug we got today from a fr or yesterday from a friend that just said, oh, there is hope. There is hope. Brought joy to us. I pray the joy and the hope and the love and the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is rest. And Lord, we just say we receive it today. I don't know how you're going to fix it. I don't know how you can heal this situation, but I know you can. That's my hope. I know you can. I can see it. I can see the hope. I can see the miracle. I just receive it right now. Don't know how it's going to happen, but I know it will happen because your word says it will if I receive it. 
if I receive it. So we receive it together. I pray blessings over every home, every situation. Lord, spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, those that have had surgeries this week, I thank you that you are healing them. I thank you, Lord, for those that are um, sick, even with COVID right now. I know that you're their healer and you're going to see them through this and the enemy will not win. Those that, Lord, are in a hard situation, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, even with the COVID, you're going to bring peace to that situation as well in marriages and finances, in, in the church finances as well. You're going to make a way and through this whole COVID situation, you are going to be our provider. It's not from anybody, it's from you. And we're trusting and our hope is in you. And we stand on that. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. We love you so much, Jesus. Amen. We love y'all so much. Pray you have an awesome day and a good Merry Christmas start. We love you. Be blessed. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give.